No, but it means you own too many going on. No, it doesn't. I, I don't believe in that strategy. For our viewers, we were just talking about the psychology behind if you like an entry point of a stock with where it's trading. I was just telling Dan and Bob yesterday, Boeing's a prime example. I own a lot of it. I was going to add more, but didn't based on how much I already own. And Bob was saying, oh, well, that means you already own uh, enough or too much. I disagree. I think the Pareto principle works with everything, the 80-20 rule. And we've seen it like Ryan Cohen, the founder of Chewy. He is a big proponent on only having a couple major investments, and it's worked great for him. And I, when I first got into investing, most of my money was in Facebook, if you guys well, remember. I mean, if we're just to throw a couple sides of that argument out there, obviously the founder of Chewy has done a fantastic job with Chewy and, you know, who knows what kind of investor he is. But if you really analyze all the best investors in the world, they do the complete opposite of that advice and they try and make it on yeah, they do. Where you won't no, see. No, it's everyone's different, Dan. If you look at some of the top investors in the world, a few of them, and Dad even said guys he used to work with would hone in on a couple stocks and make a fortune. I, I think, think what Dad was talking about was guys that used to trade stocks. They would sometimes trade one or two stocks and get to know the movements so frequently that they could make all their money off of that. But when you look at guys like Buffett or guys like Kevin O'Leary, or Munger, like the top investors of the world, they go off of having, you know, no more than maybe 5% of their portfolio in one position, just in case it doesn't necessarily pan out. But I get that when you're older, it makes a lot of sense. I don't like, yeah, I think when you're young, you need to take that next level risk. If you have conviction in something, throw the kitchen sink at it or yeah, else you're not going to make that next level return. Let's dive into it here. The market had another sell off yesterday, but I think the close was pretty strong, all things considering. It rallied pretty hard in the last couple of hours, and then the futures are looking pretty strong this morning, um, whether or not it's just some sort of relief rally because we've had three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back days of sell-off, or if there's more optimism regarding the stimulus. I know, you know there were a couple of things that came out right when the market closed yesterday, that Pelosi and Mnuchin were going to actually possibly <laughs> come to terms on something sooner rather than later. So that's what's going on with the overall news in the market. And then we started talking about Boeing on here. Basically, Europe said that the 737 MAX is safe enough to return to service, which obviously Boeing's been kind of volatile with the recent news revolving their flights. And that's good news. So Boeing's up over nine bucks this morning and, you know, kind of seems to go back and forth between like the 160 and the 175 to 180 range. Maybe this time we see it break through. Uh, I know more and more big time people seem to be piling into this name. So I guess we'll see if it's for real this time. There's already been over a million shares traded pre-market. Dad, wh what are your thoughts on Boeing? Well, you know, initially, a few months ago, you know, I was talking to some people and we felt that bringing back the 737 MAX is probably worth 20 points in Boeing stock. So Europe is half the battle or not half, probably one third, because I think China is a separate um, authority that also would have to approve it. So when the U.S. and China come in and maybe it has another 10 points in it, 
the problem is between today's move and when that happens, which could be a month or two, you know, the stock could again trade down back into the 160s. So I would still stay with my conviction of 160, 170, which basically means you buy it below 160 and you sell it above 170. So buying is selling. Yeah, I've, sold, I've sold 200 shares into this already today. And I just think um, you have to take a profit like that, even if it keeps going. Gotcha. I like it. And then Ford Motors, obviously, we talk about Ford a lot on here. They reported a 25% year-over-year increase in China sales, which is the second straight quarterly increase after three years of decline. There's no doubt that, you know, we talk about them almost daily now. They've been trending up. You possibly had another good buying opportunity two days ago when it got back down to around 750. I'm not saying it won't go lower, but for this morning up to 770, which isn't its recent all-time highs, but there's definitely been a lot of strength in this name. So we'll see what happens there. I know we've already spoken a lot about them, so we don't even need to really dive into them. We all own Ford on here. Here's a name, though, that we haven't brought up in a long time, and they're getting a good look this morning. Chewy. They got an upgrade to a buy from a hold from Jefferies on a positive view of the pet industry dynamic including pet adoption by digital fluent millennial households. So Chewy this morning is up four bucks, which is over 6%. And they are trading just under 69. Just pulling up their chart. Here. Have you used Chewy yet, Dan? I haven't. What's going on with that? <laughs> I know, seriously. I mean, you guys, you and Danny have how many pets in your household? Four? I know. What does that tell you about Chewy? Or does it I mean, work? I don't, it, what it tells me is I wouldn't own it if I'm a pet owner not using it. Well, I don't own it. I will say that just looking at the chart, the highs that it made at the beginning of September, unless my info is wrong here, it looks like it was 74.85. And right now you have it at 68.70. Let's see what that earnings Well, I want to know is what's prevented you from using Chewy? Like what's? I mean, uh, it's you know, it's all about humans are creatures of habit, right? So, and how have they not gotten your attention yet? Is that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, to be honest, like I'm not really sure what Chewy does for marketing. I mean, I, I see them sometimes, but they're not in my face enough. Where I, I don't know, man. I mean, that's it, a problem. Just, that's a major problem. I think the fact well, that you have pets like that and they haven't gotten your attention with their brand. I look at that as problematic. I mean, yeah. I liked Chewy. I just, I don't own a pet. I'm a big dog guy, but I see their brand everywhere. But the fact that you haven't been lured in to even trying them throughout the pandemic is interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if that tells me that they failed with marketing or if they just have a ton of room to grow because someone like me that, you know, is really tech savvy. And I like to think that I'm an early adapter on trends. I will also say that I felt like I was a little late to the game on buying things on Amazon. Like, yeah, so you're not an early adopter, Dan, if anything, you're a late mover. Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a late mover. Cause I, like I said, I started using Amazon probably a couple of years after the masses. I mean, I've been using it for years now, obviously, but yeah, Chewy's also, it's not like when I think about Chewy, I'm thinking about a service to order my dog food online. 
similar to, you know, Instacart or Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I only go and get dog food maybe once a month. And when I do go and get it, I'm already out. So it's not like at that moment, I'm like, oh, let me order this on Chewy. So it's more of an impulsive buy just out of convenience, what you know, time and place. Yeah, maybe if I was a little bit more organized and responsible, I'd be on Chewy and have a set time. Young man would appreciate that, I feel like. But Dad, what are your thoughts on the chart? I mean, the reason I looked at the most recent highs is because that's obviously the area to look at of where it possibly could get to in the near term. You got 74, 84. It's got a ways to go to get up there. Actually, not really. In theory, you can see that easily happen even today. But Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's going to try for that. Um, you know, if I'm buying this stock, I'm waiting for a pullback. I don't care what the news is. It's just had such a huge move from 20. Um, I'd be interested in the low 50s. Dad, talk about with when it comes to technicals and a chart, what it means when there's a triple top. Because I was seeing yesterday someone put out a note basically putting a buy rating on Shopify for no other reason than the technicals in the chart are showing a triple top. And that often means that it's going to come down a lot. And I'm kind of looking at Netflix, and it seems like it's got almost an identical chart to Shopify where you have these triple top movements up. Well, I mean, basically when you look at the chart of Shopify, it's been under the, you could basically say the stock's been under distribution since uh, the middle of June. And that basically means it's been churning at these upper levels and the sellers are happy to provide shares and there's, not enough buyers to bring it higher. The question is, will it break through and uh, then make new highs? And it could. I mean, there's, when I look at this chart, I don't see any reason it couldn't make new highs. Um, Would you say the same thing with Netflix? Let's see. I'm currently long Netflix and I just, yeah, you know, I got in at like 478 and I just don't want to hold it if it's potentially going to. Yeah, it like it, it made a new high, right? Or, I, no. Yeah, 572-ish. Well, it didn't make a new high. It almost got there and then fell off. The You know, on a percentage basis, it's not that far enough away from its high to claim that that's the top and it's all over. You know, um, they always say markets die slowly. It, it's not usually up and then straight down. So I think you would have a chance to get out again if you're along this thing. But, uh, you know, I would not buy it right here because it's not a good entry point. But um, there's no reason to think that looking at that chart, you're not going to get another high as far as I'm concerned, but I'd rather wait for it to come down in the 50 or the hundred day or the 200 day before entering. I mean, Netflix is actually getting good fundamental news because the virus is uh, spreading. So that helps them from a stay at home way of thinking. But I would argue they're running out of content. 
Are they making new content? Now? Yeah, they're making new content. That's not a good argument. They have too much content. Yeah, if you ask me, that's just not a good argument for Netflix because you never know when there's going to be something that's game changing coming out. Let's sit so there's there a little bit here because see new shows right now. Yeah. There are. I have to say, though, Netflix has not been on point with good content lately. I have not been impressed with their top tens, their new releases. Uh, I would tell you that I think their Spanish shows, you know, from Mexico are phenomenal. All their Latin stuff is just. Yeah, you know what the issue is with that? I don't like shows where the the lip syncs not in touch with the actual. I watch, the, I watch the originals with subtitles. No, I know, but you know when Netflix, they have it where you're watching and their lip movements are not actually in sync. I hate that. I can't even watch shows that are not parallel like that at all. Yeah, well, here's real quick here. We, I, I know before the show started, we were talking about how there was more COVID news in the NFL and how the Colts were shutting down their facilities and DraftKings sold off. It looks like it's trying to turn positive here. It, it at least did for a minute and just went back to negative, but if you're seeing DraftKings trade up and open off of more bad NFL news, maybe that means there's a bottom in this stock. Obviously, who knows what's going to happen in open. Let me see. I mean, even say somehow the NFL cancels their season. How much downside is there really off that news with DraftKings? Well, that's, when, that's when you buy the stock. If there's yeah, a, exactly. Yeah, but, but this is a short-term issue. Like when you think about it, this is a, a great example for anyone that loves DraftKings. This virus is not a lifetime thing. We're not going to be having this narrative next year and two years from now. I also saw yesterday that New Jersey came out, and I don't know if it was a DraftKings report or a New Jersey-specific report, but they came out and said that sports betting has absolutely exploded there since they legalized it. And that you know it, it's insane the quarter that's taking place right now for sports betting in jersey i think that was a report that came out kind of in the middle of the day yesterday when DraftKings was selling off hard from more negative nfl news with i think it was the atlanta falcons had to shut down their practice facility and obviously today's the Colts. but so you know, who is getting the biggest advantage from that as far as uh sports betting apps because I wouldn't, I would not think it's DraftKings, right? I, I mean, I think it might be when you like even the point you brought up yesterday with them having lounges in the different stadiums. It seems like they are the ones making all the right strategic partnerships. Where if you look into the future and you look at, you know, who's going to have the mass attention, it seems like it's DraftKings. They seem really smart with the way they're going about their partnerships. I think Penn too, though, because I don't really think we're going to have to, you have to think about this broad scope here of betting. Like we've talked about, you're not, this is proven. You're not going to have to rely on pro athletes showing up at an arena to bet. And I, I think that's a big thing here. Speaking and that we're seeing with these companies. Penn just got a target raise actually, and maintained it equal weight by Morgan Stanley. Yeah, their target raise is below where it's trading. Yeah, to 63. <laughs> but, you know, that's obviously – that stock is not acting nearly as poor off of the uh, fear of the NFL shutting down as DraftKings, and I think it's for obvious reasons. Penn isn't a fantasy gambling at front and center. They are casinos and obviously – 
Barstool, but their main business is casinos. So even you just have to wonder with DraftKings how much more, like, all right, another couple NFL teams close their facilities. Is it going to drop another few points every time we hear an NFL team's closing down? Well, it's really just whether or not they're going to cancel. But I'll tell you, yeah. one, one gambling stock that I have my eye on again, and I haven't played this in ages, is MGM. This stock has a nice chart. It's um, sitting on the 200 day right now. Um, Mike, didn't you own some MGM? Yeah, I made some great money on MGM this year. It, I was in it the last few months. I got out probably like two months ago. It looks a lot better than when you look at the chart. It looks better to me than when. And uh, let me see what Las Vegas Sands looks like because I haven't looked at that one. You know what? Yeah, it looks better than Las Vegas Sands. Although that's a nice chart too, but it's kind of been in uh, static mode. I mean, I'm not getting any indication you should buy it, but uh, I was thinking yesterday when it comes to Las Vegas Sands that that could be a great stock if uh, Biden wins, just with things kind of getting back to normal a little bit with the United States and China relationships. Well, the only thing with that is, Dan, don't forget that um, Sheldon Adelson is a huge Republican slash Trump supporter, and it's well known, and that can help, you know, Las Vegas stands politically in any way, shape, or form if Biden wins. That doesn't mean that things don't get better with Macau, but... Um, they're not going to make it easy for Sheldon. Gotcha. I think Lululemon talking about a new, like a stock if Biden wins that won't be affected. When you look at the way they're structured with taxes, uh, I was looking up just different things to play after the election, and it seems like they could be a big winner. Yeah, I mean, look, they them and Nike have been huge winners during this pandemic. I think just as your average gallery kind of struggles there's fewer places where if you have any sort of dominant e-commerce website you're going to do great which obviously lululemon has and dan can you pull up dollar tree i've been yeah monitoring I that. Pull up dollar tree let me just say because i uh ever since i brought them up they've been on a rocket ship and they just got a bunch of upgrades over the last 24 hours snapchat i don't know if you guys bought any when i talked about them no. but it's been one of my biggest gainers in the last two months. And they just announced yesterday that they came out with a way for users to add music to their, or music to their videos. And also they're going to let users basically make their own soundtracks, which is a very TikTok-like thing to do. They got a target raise to 32 this morning from Credit Suisse. And they got maintained at Outperform. They got a raise to 25 from Wet Bush. And they got a raise to 33 from JP Morgan. I mean, we're at, I'm pretty sure, all time highs for the entire life of this stock, which is always exciting to me because you're kind of, well, let's see here. Right when it IPO'd, it got up to actually 29.44, I think was its high. Let's just call it 30. So right now, it's at 28.40. So you, you got to think, once Snap gets over 30, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Could it get over 30 and just be in a whole other world of its own and truck way higher? Or 
are you possibly going to get a lot of support at, or a resistance at the level because it was its previous all-time highs? Dad, what do you think about the chart? I mean, you guys know I've been huge on them just because our business started looking at them as a way to advertise. And yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's it's an all-time high. It, you have to consider that that it's you know difficult to pick a spot, but you know if I just join the upper lines, it could probably get to 31, 32, you know, on a, on a move. And then I would look for a pullback to buy it back. But, uh, you know, it's hard to buy it on the highest highs where it is now. So, Dan, I got a couple for us. Dollar Tree and also Zynga are two I have my eye on today for us. What's Zynga's symbol, Mike? Z-N-G-A. And while I pull that up, the other stock that's kind of in the same arena, you can make the argument of Snapchat, social media sort of, that's getting upgrades left and right that we talk about sometimes is Pinterest. I like them way more. They than got that, an upgrade yeah. to 52 from Wells Fargo, which was their big one. They got overweight by Morgan Stanley. I think they're the hidden gem out of if you're picking between Snap, Twitter, and Pinterest, I think Pinterest is the winner there. I think you own all three. I own enough Facebook to cover the others. I, I'm gonna definitely I have to get back in Pinterest. But I'm I have my eye here on Dollar Tree and Zanga. Zanga, I think they're both good good stocks to look at heading into the new year post election. <clears throat> well, I got Dollar Tree pulled up right here. I will say it's the only place I was able to find toilet paper at in the heart of the pandemic. So <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for Dollar Tree, regardless of what they say in their earnings or what their stock does, because I always look at it as a place that allowed me to safely stock up on toilet paper. Stock, the chart kind of looks awful. Yeah. Um yeah, there's, oh. nothing, there's nothing there that excites me, but, you know. Yeah, it's just a good, you know, foundational play when you think about people being in the mode of saving and bulking up, being cold. I like them. And Zynga, I, I don't think these guys get enough attention. I think they're a dark horse when you what's look the, at that. What's the ticker, Mike? ZNGA. They're a social game developer. And San Fran based company, mobile social network platform. They never get talked about this, these guys. And I think when you look at their chart, it, it's starting to look sexy to me. Well, the you know, the 50 day is around nine. So it's not far from there. And um, obviously it made previous hmm. stops that is not gotten back to those highs. I don't love this chart either. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would I would feel a lot more comfortable down around eight on this one. But I don't know if you get it. Eight twelve is the two hundred day. Mike, are you picking up either of those today? I don't know if I'm picking them up today, but I have them on my radar along with Lulu Lemon post election. I'm trying to put together a portfolio for what the world's looking like come January where I'm not worrying about, oh, is it Trump or Biden? It's more of what stocks are going to do well regardless. So 
th- those are a few that are on my radar. I picked up some Ericsson yesterday. I know I brought up on air. I was looking at them, bought a, a little position back in them. Um, I got back in beyond under 185. I couldn't help myself. You know, my gut told me that thing is going to break out again, and I would have been annoyed at myself being on the sideline. So maybe FOMO took over a little, but I I really think they're just a a gem that's going to break through 240 in the months to come. Well, you're getting an upswing there today. Yeah, and I need to get back in Zillow with you, Dan. What? I got to get back on that Zillow train with you. I was looking yesterday for an entry point. I didn't jump on it, but them and Fiverr, I, I'm done staying on the sidelines with just these rocket ships that are going to keep growing. When you look at these narratives, they're winners from the pandemic, and that's not going to make them losers when the pandemic's over. It's going to make them winners faster. Yeah, I mean, look, the biggest thing is I think Fastly was a nice gut check moment for anybody that's got a high-flying PE stock where the risk that you have when you own a stock like Fiverr is that they do the same thing Fastly did and blindside you come out a month before they're reporting and say that their numbers are way off. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It but could, though. It could. And but where is Fastly a good entry point here? Because it's not like that company is going bankrupt by any it's means. A great, it's a great it's, It is. I, I think, you know, here's the thing. If the market actually sells off a lot more, you would think Fastly could easily come down to, like, the 82 level. But – yeah, this reminds me of, to be honest, I was thinking about this yesterday. This reminds me of Twilio when Twilio lost Uber as a client and their stock sold off by like 25% because Uber was its biggest client. And, you know, we look at Twilio now, it's hundreds of points higher than at that moment. And that, that kind of reminds me of what happened with Fastly, where if you really look at what they said, they said that TikTok's using them less than they thought. They said that some of their top users are coming in a little bit light on on data, but they're also getting really, really close to being a profitable company. They're off by their revenues by like literally $2 million. They lowered it from like 75 to 73. So you ask yourself, does that really warrant a 30% sell-off? Maybe, but it's not like this company just announced fraud or this company just did a stock offering trying to raise more money. They came out to kind of tamper expectations after, you know, I think the executives had an internal talk and was like, listen, our stocks run up a few hundred percent in a year. Let's uh, let's let's taper off these expectations a little bit. Sure. Maybe it sells off 25 to 30 percent, which is nothing. And then we'll surprise everyone with a blowout quarter here in four months. That's that's where I look at Fastly. I think it's a great buy under 90. Like I, would, I love it. I love it more under 80. If we could see that thing go down to like 78, 79, I'm jumping on it. It's a lot healthier for Fastly or any company to take these large clients and try to build up the rest of their portfolio of clients so they don't have anyone that is that big. Yeah, the top heavy. It reminds me of our early days with our business where you don't want to rely on a couple clients to be the needle for your business or, you know, you lose one client and it's yeah. just a, an earthquake. And by the way, if, if a company misses by 2 million when it's trading at, a, I don't know what this one's trading at, but a hundred times sales or whatever the, the crazy multiple is, it, it's a multiplier effect when they miss. And that's why you get the stock 
training down so far. <clears throat> Good. Yeah, and, I, and I think it's important to look at the chart. And I know it's so hard to actually stick to it when you say to yourself, like, okay, when the stock's trading above 125, every other time it's gotten beaten down and came below 90 or $80 for whatever reason, it's bounced right back. And I'm not saying it's going to definitely do that this time, but if history is a proper representation of what this stock does, this is a great time to get in Fastly. And yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with the actual fundamentals of the company. I think all they did was set themselves up for a great run in the future by kind of making people realize that this business is not going to tick based off of how much TikTok uses it, which is what you want. And Again, Twilio went through the same thing, and it was a very small bump and an otherwise very healthy run up in Twilio. I mean, look yeah. at Twilio. <clears throat> the one thing I would say, it's pretty difficult to imagine one day and done. Um, usually it takes two or three days. So even though the stock's up now, I would be really cautious because you this stock could get down into the low 80s. Very yeah, easy. 82 is where I would pick some up. I actually have a buy order just for a 60-day order to scoop a, at least some if it ever hits 82. I mean, this market is partially up because of Boeing, and that's you know created a positive effect today. But uh, you know, away from that, there's not a lot of strength. It's better than it was yesterday, obviously, but. Um, yeah, I mean, every single name I have right now on my watch list is green this morning. And don't get me wrong, that's going to change today. I don't expect just a race and a runaway at the open here. I think people are trying to digest whether or not there's going to be a stimulus. And even if there is a stimulus, it's probably not going to be great. So, you know, the market feels like it's holding on. I know there's a lot of people who are bearish on this market that think that there's a massive sell-off that hasn't even started yet. That's right around the corner. So, gotta just. I don't. Prepared. Yeah, I'm not that bearish. I just, I think once the election, as long as there's not a contested election, that's the only thing that worries me. And even after last night, it's clear that's possible. Well, I mean, Trump. That was the one thing actually that I thought was going to move the futures. I'm glad you just brought that up. Is he finally said yesterday during his uh, thing that he was going to hand over the presidency if it came down to it? He was I like, mean, I yeah, he, was like, I just he, he made it clear he didn't trust the mail-in voting going on with but the then, but, he flat, but he did flat out say, like. Yeah, I, I think everyone just wants it to be like a legitimate process. Well, no, that yeah, he says he wants it to be fa like clean, but he also made it very clear he doesn't trust the system when he was asked about it. Did you guys see that moment where that woman came on and was like, "You have such a handsome smile." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was with dad with that. That That's was right. like, like no like, better way to get Trump going. And you see, no matter what, after that, since she gave him a compliment, he wanted to answer her to please her. And I'll be honest, I mean, if there is anything that gave Trump a shot to regain his traction in the polls, it was flipping back and forth between both of those things last night. And anytime I'd have it on Biden, he's fumbling about numbers. That guy loves talking about numbers in a way that just 
makes people's heads spin. You I was looking up at space. I don't know if someone was in the top row or if he was just there in it. But he sky. really, really, I thought, just was so out to lunch last night. And well, the thought, cameras didn't help him. If you saw the way they Trump had it, it was such a good job trying to rebuttal that Savannah woman who was just digging into him so hard. I thought he did really well last Me night. Me too. I don't, think the, the, I don't think the media helped Biden at all last night, the way it was set up in his town hall. If you noticed, they had guests with Trump on more eye level looking down where Trump was looking down at them. They had Biden looking up at people with psychologically. I looked at that as him being having his head in the clouds. So I don't think they actually did him any favors, but everyone have a great weekend. Make some money here. Follow us on Roland Mark and mashup subscribe. We appreciate the support and enjoy your Friday and weekend. Boom, baby. Boom. Thank <laughs> you.